to Hammered in Helios, a 5th edition spirited Dungeons & Dragons homebrew campaign. During each session, our cast not only tries to survive the cruel Dungeon Master's plans, but also reviews a delicious bottle of liquor. Remember, whether you're adventuring through a fantasy world or just listening to ours, please drink responsibly. Hey, it's uh, Mike Williams. I play Anessin Beriothean, uh, currently level 8 Wood Elf Evocation Wizard. And today we have Teeling Whiskey, and we're, we have the small batch. Uh, they, have, they have a good variety of things. They have a, they have a single grain, single malt, a single pot still, and then a peated single malt, and then they have like a reserve, uh, 24-year-old vintage. A lot of good variety here. Um, I've had the single malt, which is very good, and I have not until today had the small batch. Um, but a little bit about Teeling. Um, they have roots in Dublin, Ireland. Uh, go back to 1792. Um, at some point, that original distillery... Uh, in the Liberties area, was sold to the Jameson family. Um, and so at that, you know, and then a, there was this kind of a lot of distilleries just going out of business in that area. Um, and the Thielen family was actually working at a different distillery that eventually got bought by Beam International around like 2012, I think. Um, and at that point, they kind of, brokered a deal with Beam uh, to kind of get some seed whiskey to start tealing. And so they started tealing um, uh, in 2015. And they're and honestly, they're doing a lot of good stuff. They, It's kind of like, it's what I would want from, from any company or, you know, sometimes like on Chef's Table, you see this a lot with like where respects to the old way of doing things. Um, but we're also kind of like changing it up a little bit, um, and like experimenting. And the small batch is definitely one of those processes. Um, so like embrace tradition, but also spit in its face. No, like respect it. And then like, you know, evolve, right? Like we're, we're changing and things are changing and people's tastes are kind of palates are expanding, you know? Um, Let's see. Can you imagine the first person who had like something vanilla flavored? Like whenever that first happened, and they were like, "Oh my, Zachariah, you must taste this. <laughs> this is astounding." And then now someone's like, "Vanilla? Are you fucking kidding me? We've Get never that- done it that way before. <laughs> Get that garbage out of here." <laughs> so, uh, w- uh, what's the mash bill on this? Do you know? So, essentially, they take um, grain whiskey and. Um, malt whiskey and barrel them separately and they're buried and they're barreled in your you know typical bourbon barrels like the american oak mm-hmm. used barrels like scotch and everything else and in, in, you know um but then afterwards they use a three to one grain to malt um when they're they marry them eventually into rum cask and then they're aged in rum cask for another 12 months so, 
that's kind of that's what we have today. Thirty six percent ABV, a little hotter than that. Seems like um, wait thirty six percent. I think it's forty six. Forty six. Oh, I thought you said thirty six. Like wait, what? Yeah, forty six. So, so ninety two proof. Yeah. The the tasting notes I have here are uh, kind of with a nose, a little bit vanilla and spice, obviously from the rum. Um, but with the palate, um, obviously you're getting that caramel and stuff that comes from the from the American oak bar- barrels and that kind of woody taste as well. So it's definitely sweet, a little spicy. And, uh, yeah, so I will give this, uh, I think it's really, really good. I think I'm going to give it an 18. 18. All right. Uh, I'm Dean, uh, Dean Rains, uh, James Dean Rains the first, and I play, uh, Oren can fix it. Your level eight, uh, gnome battlesmith artificer. Uh, What type of gnome are you? What type of gnome? Yeah. I don't, the smaller ones. The rock gnomes. You're a rock gnome. Yeah, that one. (laughs) <laughs> so I'm gonna try this now. <laughs> what single digit number are you gonna give it, Dean? All right. So you said 18. Uh, I have been attempting to drink this <laughs> as we've sat down. I've seen you like choking over there. <laughs> it's not good. <laughs> it's, it's just, like so, every other uh, every other time we've done this. I have been able to, after, you know, trying it multiple times, eventually it gets to the point where either I lose feeling and it just goes down, uh, or I do start to kind of develop something for it. I'm really struggling right <laughs> nah. now. This is... This is Take uh, another swig. Maybe you'll like it this time. Let's try for the 30th. Yeah. I do not like this at all. <laughs> here's, your, here's your dump glass for you. Yeah. Just dump it into mine. Well, I mean, if I don't, yeah, uh, not my, not my, not my bag, baby. Wow. And uh, I got it. I feel like I've been pretty generous up until now. I don't have I given anything a single digit. Yeah, you. Uh, yeah. Let's see here. I the the see. first everything episode, I've brought so far. That's yeah. not true. <laughs> everything except for the shark chartreuse. That's not true. No. Okay. Here we go. So, Dean, the first episode. Uh, which was the Brucolati Islay 2014. You gave a one. You originally gave like a 16 or 14, and then you which next is, episode you change it to one. Yeah. And then that one was bad too. Episode three, which was the Grass Widow Peated Bourbon that Mike brought, you gave it a five. Ooh. Then the next week, Brando brought the Old Forester Bottle and Bond, you gave that an eight. Okay. <laughs> Everything okay. else has been in double digits. So there we go. So I'm going to give this a six. Hey, this is Brando. I play Croft, a changeling rogue assassin, level eight also. And this is good. I mean, it's an Irish whiskey. I just made a Scottish joke, but it's an Irish whiskey. Mm-hmm. And the only other Irish whiskey same, it's, I've had. It's the same place. Yeah. 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 I, I can't tell the difference. Oh, yeah. <laughs> is that in Russia? Yeah. All right. Also, so yeah. Uh, the only Irish whiskey I've had is Jameson and I don't like it by itself. Uh, I like it in other stuff, but this one's good. This has got like this kind of caramel flavor, very strong kind of candy, uh, initial flavor that hits you right off the bat. Got a little bit of heat in it. Um, but it's good. I mean, it's a fine whiskey. There's nothing that jumps out as, as like particularly excellent or bad at all. How much did you say this bottle cost? I didn't. Uh, I think it was like $35, $40. Yeah. Nice. That's, in my mind, that's not bad. Like, this is a good no, whiskey that I would buy. Good. I would give this, uh, I, I'd give it like a solid 15. This is uh, Garrett, and I play Ignath Redjaw, your orc monster slayer. 
and I am level eight. We're, we're all the same level. Yeah. I just feel like... <laughs> we should say we at the beginning. We, and we I'm are, level three. We are. Why? <laughs> he's, oh, had a, he's had a real rough go at this. <laughs> he just poor, hasn't been doing much. Yeah. We could probably do an introduction that just says, and right now, you know, we are level, level eight. Yeah, yeah. It's all good. Um, <laughs> I, I think this tastes like... Um, Caramel hard candies that like your grandmother would have. Oh, there's little like Werther's hard originals? toffee candies. Yes, like those no, are toffee, disagree. Those are good. It. Disagree. It's, those it's are good. Like, it's like it's di- strongly disagree. Those are very good. I need it's, sewing supplies. Ah, oh, damn! It's just candy again. It's toffee was what I was looking for. This is like caramel and toffee, like a hundred percent. So I think I'm gonna give this. I I think I'm gonna go sixteen. And I'm Owen Landsberg, your evil, cruel, malicious, but lovingly tender dungeon master. I You're level eight. And I'm level eight. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck off. Um I not I am not a fan of Irish whiskeys. It's very, very rare for me to enjoy an Irish whiskey. And I hate to say it, but this is no exception. Oh wow. Yeah. Uh, I, I do enjoy this more than I tend to enjoy Irish whiskeys, and it's only because of that rum cast finish on it. Um, oh, yeah. We didn't mention that, did we? No, he mentioned it was yeah, oh, married okay, in yeah, rum yeah. cast. Uh, my theory is, and I was, I've been Googling trying to find it, I think this is a very, very low-aged whiskey. So I don't think it's spent many years in barrels because that smell on it has a very alcohol, perfumey smell to it. It's very strong on the nose. And I almost taste no whiskey element to it. I pretty much only taste rum. Like if you put this in front of me and didn't tell me what it was, I would I would say it's a it tastes like a watered down rum. Hmm. Um, and I just I, I'm I'm not a fan of it. I mean, it's good. It goes down easy. I'm gonna have a second glass, but this is not something that I would ever buy a bottle myself or order at the bar. But if someone gave me a free glass, I'm not gonna say no. Hey, it's free. So. I am going to give this a eight. With the five of us combined, we have a new. Oh no, it's not the lowest. It is the second lowest that there is. The one I brought was the lowest, wasn't it? No, it was me. The Kings County Distilling that I brought, that super high proof whiskey. Oh yeah, that was uh, that got sixty one. We have a grand total <laughs> of Teeling Small Batch Irish Whiskey in Rum Cast at sixty three. Before we begin this week's adventure, I need to give a special shout-out to BattleBards.com. BattleBards specializes in creating the coolest and best sound effects and ambient music on the market for your tabletop experience. They have thousands, if not tens of thousands, of files ready to go at your fingertips for you to use as either a dungeon master or even as a player. And they have so graciously donated some of their library to Hammered in Helios. So from now on, whenever you hear a Nessun cast a spell, or Ignath shoot his bow, or any of the other cool sound effects you'll be hearing, you'll know it's from BattleBards.com. Twenty-seventh day of Paul, late night. Standing at the Hevelin River docks, the fresh water splashes onto the shore, each wave almost sinking with your heartbeats. 
growing faster with the anticipation of what comes next. The Eye of Mastis, the amethyst-colored moon of Helios, is near full and illuminating the docks with the help of some ever-burning lampposts. Thirty guards from House Tain stand firm, waiting for their shipment of new slave collars from the death of Gold Ship. You have one and a half hours until the ship arrives, and the kids that Croft threatened attempt to distract the small platoon of House Tain. What do you all do? Perception check. How many soldiers are there? I said thirty. Oh, you said they're no, uh, yeah, small platoon. Sorry. Yeah. So I. It, well, you know, well, to be fair, you wouldn't need a very high perception check to figure that out. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I don't know. Maybe you roll a like, one. You still got it. Yeah. Because he already. <laughs> just open your eyes. Dude. So we're gonna have you guys uh, positioned here. So I'm gonna explain the scene a little bit here. So you guys are at like a little overlook that's just overlooking the docks. So right over here, where you see where the spiral staircase, that somewhat spiral staircase is, that right there is gonna be like a, it's like up about 15 feet. That's overlooking the docks. Okay, so you can go down the stairs to your right, that will lead you down the docks. There is two docks. Here, as you can see, so there's basically uh, two ports that are able for ships to come into. And the guards are all intermingling. So if you go down these stairs and go to the right where the docks are, that is a lower level. So that little ra- that's a ramp down into there. That's about 10 feet below the level that is above it. And it's late night. It's about 1030. So that means, you, like I said, you guys have about an hour and a half until the Death of Gold ship arrives. Uh, the guards of House Tain are have blocked off these two docks, so there's going to be like all the concentration of guards are going to be on these two docks and in between them on that lower level. The upper level, yeah, the upper level, uh, there would would be a busy market area. It's closed down for the night, so you see some stands that would have like some goods if merchants were there, but they're pretty much closed. And then. Uh, up there is more stairs that lead up into like a warehouse staging area. So it looks like as if uh, ships could come in and then they would like go up and around and then up that ramp. So it's not actually stairs. It's a ramp that leads up into like a little warehouse area that looks like they, where they can store goods before delivering them into Cork. Croft, you see those group of kids and they are staking out the area above that are trying to create a scene that will cause a disturbance like you would ask that will draw guards from the lower area into the upper area of the docks. Those little squares that you see on those lines are ever-burning lamps, so this area has fine illumination, almost daylight illumination throughout the area. So there's not a whole lot. There's shadows here and there, but there's not a whole lot. This is a very well-illuminated area. And you did very clearly say ever-burning lamps. Ever-burning lamps, yes. Right, I didn't. It is a heatless flame that illuminates from these torches. That's what I imagine. Thanks for that. You're welcome. Flip to the next page of my spell book. <laughs> <laughs> to the never-burning spells. Yes. Is uh, the ship in yet? We know the name of the ship, right? The Death of Gold. Death, Death of Gold, Gold arrives in 1.5 hours. Oh, so that's when the that's when the ship arrives. The actual Correct. ship arrives at the docks. Okay. It was slated to arrive at midnight, of course, because of tides and going up the river, because remember, Cork is a little inland, so you have to go up the Hevelin River. And Hevelin's H-E-V-A-L-I-N, Hevelin. Uh, they have to go down or up the river into the area. So 
there could be, you know, a 15 to 30 minute swing of when the ship arrives because of that kind of things. But yes, you do know it's called the Death of Gold ship. Before, Aness and you head down, uh, I am going to set a time limit on tonight. So it is 8.38 right now at 9.08. I'll say 9.10 to give you guys a few minutes. Of course, we can, we'll pause here and there if need be. So like soccer, I can add a little bit more time on if needed. But at 9.10, the ship arrives. Is everyone cool with that? So that cool. gives you guys a half an hour mm-hmm. so we can keep things, things moving. Along. Yeah. I'm yeah. cool, baby. Yeah. Like I said, if at 9.10 you guys like, hey, give this a couple more minutes as the, the lovingly tender part of my dungeon mastering, I will ob- oblige that. Mechanic-wise for D&D, mm-hmm. say I were to use the spell enlarge slash reduce. It has to be on a humanoid. On a person. I do not believe it allows it objects. It says objects. It does say object? It does say Holy objects. shit, okay. So I'll read it out real fast. Hell I know, yeah. I know we're on time. It says, you cause a creature or object you can see within range to grow larger or smaller for the duration. Choose either a creature or an object that is neither worn nor carried. If the target is unwilling, it can make a constitution saving throw, blah, blah, blah. Uh, if the target is a creature, everything wearing, everything it is wearing... Reduces with it. Correct. Yeah. And that is what I was going to ask. Was So, th- it doesn't give a limitation on an object. Mm-hmm. So, my brain... Are you asking if you were to, like, if it's in a giant crate and you were to cast reduce on it, would it reduce the crate as a, along with the collars? Is that where you're getting at with this? That was one of the questions. Okay. Yes. Um, I'm going to say for the sake right now, yes. Okay. But in future instances, I reserve the right to say no. Okay. I like that idea a lot. Thank you. Uh, so I will say yes now, but that does not set a precedent for later. What if, given how the situation unfolds, um, I go the other way? What if the boat arrives and I cast enlarge on the boat? Would that increase everything on boat? Would that make boat big? Would that <laughs> would that make boat big, or just or boat and everyone big? <laughs> boat big and inside boat big. <laughs> Thank you. So I'm I've never played around with this spell a lot, so being able to know, you know, what's my what's my toy box like here, you know. I was going to say, that's a Nick Nath question. Boat big, inside boat big? <laughs> <laughs> yes. Uh. Wow. You just opened up a whole new avenue with this spell that Thank I never you. thought about. <laughs> ah, yes, 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 indeed. Broke the game. Okay, so if you were to cast enlarge or reduce on the ship, the ship itself would be affected by it. The creatures and random objects, like the creatures inside of it would not be... uh, That's understandable. Yeah, they would not be affected by this spell. The reduce spell, I will say, to not allow you to Ant-Man Thanos this, (laughs) but via other way, if you reduce it, they will be jettisoned out of it safely. Okay. It won't squash them. That's cool, because I was also thinking things like that. Yeah. So I, I'm not. Could, could we murder everyone in the boat by making it tiny? But... Well, guys, what if we ever end up in, in a boat battle at sea and I just reduce the boat <laughs> and just... boat battle over? If, if the Sorry. boat could not, the size of the boat, because reduce is it halves it. It halves it, correct. So if there was not enough space, because it even says if you enlarge it, there's going to be issues with maximum possible size. 
So if you reduce it, if it still can hold the creatures, it will, but the creatures will not be reduced. If there is not enough space inside the boat to hold all the creatures that are in it, it will jettison out of it safely into the water. Okay, Which could be its own fucking thing, too. Yep, okay. Thanks for giving me some context for how I can use that spell. You're welcome. All right. At any moment, I can reject anything I previously said. All righty. And action, yeah. Do any of us have any more potions of water breathing? Nah. All right, let me check here. I do. Oren's going to rummage through his bags. I do have a water breathing potion on me still. I do up up here up here we are here we are. Uh, Oren pulls out two more potions of water breathing that he still has. Well, fortunately or unfortunately, my companionship with Dimdike has granted me the ability to cast water breathing and water walking. Hmm. Wow. Do remember, even with water breathing, you will still need to make athletics checks to swim. Water breathing does not allow you to just swim like a mermaid. Oh or no, you can I was walk on water, or you can walk on water. Yeah, I was. I was just thinking back to when Croft and I sl- swam down to the layer of Fagolos and latched onto her. Perhaps this is a way that we could approach this in a. trying to think of a word a secretive manner perhaps we could approach this in a secretive manner gentlemen 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 we have an entire hour and a half what if we become proactive what if we go to the ship that that was my suggestion perhaps one of us could swim over and be be uh hidden at the dock at the dock what if we get to the ship before it's at the dock what if the shipment never arrives because we've already boarded Taken it and left. <laughs> I, I uh, this is what I, I love like. about being a dungeon master, and I also infuriates me. And I'm going to keep this in the podcast. Fuck your plans, Owen. I literally so when I when I present a problem, I never try to write a way out for you guys, and it's up for you guys to figure out how to get out of that problem. Uh, but I try to figure out like what ways I think you guys will go. So I wrote for. Three different ways, I believe, with a fourth possibility. And this was not one of them. None of them was you guys going out to out to the river, up the river by yourselves. The, to, uh, yeah. the Pirates of the uh, Caribbean theme playing as we take off into the. So we do that. So we're all running down the river, right? Just. I'll do some Lord of the Rings stuff where, like, the ships pull up and they're, like, Aragorn and everybody's sitting there. And oh, we're going to be you, the scrubbing you what, bubbles, guys. Yeah. It's like, <laughs> you and what army. So, okay, that could actually totally work if we just book it down the river. Yeah. No, I'm 100%. I, oh, my God. Oh, and I'm sorry. Oh, no, do, do not <laughs> apologize to me. I love this shit. This is why I love being a DM, because like even when I think I know my players, they still keep me on my toes. I imagine the the if they've got this many guards to just move it from the ship to the warehouse, the warehouse will not be lightly protected. That is true. The least the they will never expect the ship to be hit at this port. They may have had their guard up on, on the sea, but while coming down the river, I, I does anyone? Do we have a better opportunity to strike? No one is expecting it. 
it could give us the element of surprise. What do you all think? <laughs> <laughs> That's like one of those breaking the, breaking the fourth wall of a TV show, and they, what do you think, audience? <laughs> Call 1-800-896. And you can and vote now. Vote now. <laughs> okay. So okay. once we get down we the river, once crate. we see the boat coming, getting onto the boat to do whatever our plan is, do we want to Metal Gear Solid this? Mm. Well, or we could... are we going in guns blazing? I do have a cardboard box in my equipment. <laughs> Um, <laughs> that's passed without a trace. You just yeah, put a cardboard box. It's a box. cardboard box. I didn't tell you guys, but that's that's how, it, how you flavor that's it. That's how it's flavored. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> Owen's like they turn around. There's a cardboard box, but huh? Fuck, you hit a twenty-two on that. But so. you've got a hole in it, and an arrow pops. In. Yeah, <laughs> you've got ninety seconds of caution now. Yeah. <laughs> so do I need it? Do I need to erase this map and draw a boat map? Oh, we don't overthink this. Don't overthink this. We, well, let's just play everything by ear. Yeah, I say we Navy Seals so it. We're Navy Seals in it? Yeah. yeah. That's going to be fun. I feel like that's going to be... Can you cast uh, if, water if breathing also... on all of us? Mm-hmm. Really? Well, we've got yeah. potion. Up well, that's 10. an hour and a half, Up though. to 10 people. How long does the potion How... last for? Uh, the ones minutes. we got were shitty quality, so They're yeah, 30 I believe minute 30 minutes. No. But, I mean, we, we'll we have to go meet this ship, I mean, like, somewhere in the middle. So it'd be like, you know, it'd be like a half an hour out from here or something. I... Fair assumption, yes. Yeah, like, right. All like, right. Like, and it I is... don't know. Just think. Just thinking about like the ship is moving much quicker than we are. All right. But... Are you trying to make me do math? It's a... <laughs> I swear I'd never do this. But if if a boat leaving us seven thirty traveling east, traveling east, twenty miles an hour. I'm not doing it. How long does your water breathing potion last? <laughs> Damn it, Miss Smith. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> um. Owen, you do that math. Tell us what yeah. we can do. All right, we do it, Owen. Tell us. Yeah, I'm we g- do I, that. I, I'm going to ask each one of you oh, to I... roll me an intelligence check. No, no. Shouldn't be bad. <laughs> uh, Don't jinx it. Before you roll, before anybody rolls, so intelligence, um, I will allow Anessin and Orin to add their proficiency to this. Orin, you'll only be able to use Flash of Genius once. You can't give Flash of Genius to everybody on this. Mm-hmm. So I will ask one, two, three, four. I will need a 38 or higher combined score between the four of you. And what what's the context for this, if you don't mind me asking? It's figuring out the exact Oh, <laughs> when do we use this potion? When do we use this spell? When and the train to is get there? Yeah, Seattle. Yeah. So I'm gonna ask for a 38 combined on it. Where, like I said, or Orin and Anessin, <laughs> you guys roll low too. Yeah, you guys can use proficiency oh, plus so this is raw roll, but we get our proficiency. But you two get proficiency to it as well. Where Ignath and Croft, unless you can justify some way to me. That you should you deserve proficiency? Absolutely not. <laughs> There's no way that Ichnan knows how boats move at any capacity. <laughs> so Orin alone rolled a twenty-three. Oh, I got seventeen. We already got it. There we go. I had a feeling just between the two. You and Croft you doesn't get... even roll. I'm like smoking a pipe. <laughs> I did roll a twelve. It wasn't terrible. Okay, you know, that's fantastic. Yeah, that's yeah. not bad. Yeah. I'm not gonna lie. I was. I was. No disrespect. 
from this side of the table, I, I was, was expecting single digits. <laughs> <laughs> I, I rolled a okay, whiskey so review in, from Instead Dean. of yeah. you guys trying to formulate a plan of exactly when Potion, t- potion X is used at Y time and Potion or in spell Z We just is, chug it and jump yeah. in. Uh, I will say you guys will have to – you are using resources. So if you, you – uh, the potions will go bye-bye. So mm-hmm. go ahead. No, 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 no. no he's no casting water breathing. Are you gonna okay? So yeah. you will have to use a those spell slots. Spell slot, yeah. Anessin, this is a third level spell. Correct. Please roll me a d twenty, straight oh. d twenty. Oh, I forgot you got a roll. Oh. It, well, it's it was a, a fifteen, and then it went one more to seven. <laughs> to seven. Okay. Uh, Anessin, but he, he's got a plus right. twelve though, right? <laughs> <laughs> This is a different Just, table. This is like wild magic. Yeah, it's kind of like wild magic. Oh. Um, but it's more about over-channeling. So, Anessin, once again, as you cast this spell, you hear that unnerving shriek, that unnerving, hideous, almost laugh and scream of Demdike in your head. And as you go after you finish this ritual and cast it on every single person... I need you to roll me a d6. Two. Everybody takes two points of necrotic damage. As he casts this on you, it has a negative effect. Don't forget those temp tweet. Anessin, the feeling when you cast that on me, what is this? I've, I've never experienced this with a magic spell before. Well, it's not... Normal per se. We're dealing with the effects of dim dyke. Some are positive, some are negative, and some are both. Um, I'm I'm still working on that. My God, you cast a spell from from that witch on us. Yes, uh, it seems that that we are somewhat intertwined since that moment uh, on that island in which I used my energy to affect her ritual. And you trust this hag's magic? Absolutely not. But I will master it. Well, then I trust you. That's a good thing. Perhaps I could help next time you need to cast something of a great importance. Absolutely, Ignath. And next time I cast a spell, I'm coming to you first. Great importance. And I will ask Owen, if I were to cast protection against good and evil on Anessin, would that stop him from taking this? I cannot answer that question. Okay. Well, we'll figure it out sometime. All right. So you guys figured out a decent plan. Decent, but I mean, amazing plan. And through your roles through intelligence, you know exactly when to cast the spells, when to use the potions to to figure out the best possible route to get to the death of gold ship. I have laid out for you the four levels of the ship. So the bottom left of the map, that is the bottom of the ship. The one to the right of that is the second level of the ship. And then the top two is the same level, but you got like the main deck. And then you, obviously you have the like the... Like where the captain's wheel is and uh, the front of the ship the as well. Like, areas. yeah, the raised areas okay. of the main. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's what you guys are going to be dealing with. So wherever you guys come up uh, on the ship, I will then explain what you are seeing when you're there. But I just went ahead and 
pre-drew everything for time's where the, sake. Where are the colors at? <laughs> you almost got him. Uh, you almost did. His <laughs> mouth started moving. Right the, oh. <laughs> Do we know where the rowers are? Are they in the mid-level there? I think we have to figure it out. I don't know. We'll don't see. Know. We'll see. We'll see. We'll yeah, see. we'll see. All right. All right, cool. <clears throat> you guys spend the next about 45 minutes to an hour making your way through water walking up the Hevelin River towards the Sea of Gods. And the Sea of Gods is the sea that is in the middle of all of Helios that surrounds. Yep, there you go. So if you look here, that's Cork there. All right, so that's the Hevelin River. You're coming up here, and that's going to be a part of like the Sea of Gods. So you guys are going to start making your way towards it. Obviously, you're not going to get all the way up there because you guys don't have that amount of time. So you're going to be on the Hevelin River when the Death of Gold ship comes. So the Death of Gold ship, like I said, uh, because it is going up river to Cork, it is going to have rowers that are uh, that are, will be pushing against the current of the river. The sails, if the wind is with it, will be down or up, depending on, like I said, the wind. But there is that. So there we fucking go. <laughs> Sorry, you guys. Fucking, this is not a scene that I expected to have to explain. <laughs> Gentlemen, the boat will be approaching. We're in a good position. We're far enough away from the city. Whatever happens, whatever we need to do to secure the package, when it gets, when, when we see it, these potions, let's down them, go underwater. We can uh, sneak aboard. I think whatever we do, we need to be aware. They may have some way to communicate with Cork ahead of time. So if we sound the alarm, so to speak, Cork may know what's going on. Do we want to Croft? Would you do you want to try and steal this package? Do we want to try and maybe assassinate who we you know what what how do we want to approach this, guys? I have no doubt that Ignath and I could board the ship and make our way down to the hold and retrieve the package. However, I believe it would probably be too large for us to extract. So Perhaps, Oren, you could peek into one of the ore windows and cast a spell that would shrink it, as you had mentioned earlier. Okay. It could be either that both of us go down or I could keep watch, as it were. But I do think it's smart if we move in tandem. So, utilizing the buddy system. All right, Croft with Ignath, Oren with Corgi, and Anessen, you will be... Perhaps if Anessen were to make a naturally occurring distraction outside, this might help us to sneak in, and the crew would be distracted by some sort of storm or display of something. Well, we're... we're they're already battling upstream. Anessin, uh, anything in your arsenal, so to speak, that can make that job potentially harder for them? Anything to affect the water, the wind, the weather? A any way we could disable some of the oars? Buy ourselves as much time as possible. I have... I do not have an ability to control elements like that. 
Um, I potentially could create some type of deception with an illusion. Time. How does shatter work? What do you mean exactly? Oh, God. <laughs> that's, that's, that's a very, that's I ground the ship. <laughs> so, would, all right. you, would you read shatter to me, please? A sudden loud <laughs> ringing noise, painfully intense, erupts for the point of your choice within range, which is a 60 feet. Each creature in a 10-foot radius sphere centered on that point, so 10 feet in every direction uh-huh. from that point, must make a constitution saving throw. On a failed save, they take 3d8 thunder damage and half as much on a successful one. A creature made of inorganic material such as stone, crystal, or metal has disadvantage on the saving throw. A non-magical object that isn't being worn or carried also takes a damage if the spell's in the area. Can you shatter the chain connecting the rudder and destroy it? I I sure can try. What... It's a loud noise. That w- they would instantly be alerted to what's going on. It would definitely cause, it, whether or not it destroys it, there would definitely be a, a, a distraction or you know some type of commotion. Hey, Owen, uh, for Deus Ex Machina's sake, uh, what kind of weather do we have above? Is it like storm clouds? Uh, no, it's 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 a shit. Li- <laughs> not, it's, <laughs> do you want it to be a stormy night? <laughs> No, I not mean, water walking. Yeah, no. <laughs> <laughs> so we're getting all wet and rained on, and we're like, oh, okay, we're having sucks. to okay, run up right, waves. Okay, okay. <laughs> so, so I'm on a skateboard, right? We did see the clear sun, the moon. Yeah, that's fair. You, he did mention that. Uh, he did mention that. Yeah, it's, it's not a stormy night. Okay, yeah, that's I, fair. I, I, would, I was literally just about to like look through my months and be like, it could. <laughs> but I'm like, I already set the scene that it is not. So that's there correct. are some clouds, but it is not a stormy night. So you guys make your way up almost 45 minutes to an hour up the Hevelin River. Coming towards you, you see a ship. And this ship, no doubt, is the Death of Gold. Its onyx-colored hull and sails makes the Death of Gold almost invisible during the night. If it wasn't for the gold metal trim illuminated by the amethyst moon... It would be invisible. A large elven skull figurehead made of pure gold adorns the front of the ship with a matching image on each of its sails. Near deafening sounds comes from the ship. A cacophony of bloodthirsty shrieks can be heard with over a hundred feet away from the ship. You recognize these shrieks from anywhere. For it's the battle cry of goblins. Disgusting, dirty, vile goblins. (laughs) So that is coming towards you guys. You see the rowers of the ship. Okay, so you notice that each side has eight rowers that are pedaling so they have 16 rowers total that are pushing against the current the sails are down because the winds are in their favor to help them against the current i will say you guys have four rounds before the ship gets to you so if there's anything you'd like to do before that happens this is the time 
I'm not going to go round by round just yet, but I'm giving you guys an idea of how close they are getting to you guys. So we'll say you guys have officially taken your water breathing potions. You're underwater waiting for them. Um, <laughs> throw an Ignath Classic here, cast uh, Pass Without a Trace. Croft, I don't doubt your proficiency in what's about to go down. However, Ignath, I worry you may stick out a bit more like a sore thumb, so... In this sense, uh, one moment here, Orin reaches into his little pouch, I pull out uh, a feather, and I'm going to tuck it behind Ignath's ear, and I'm going to cast Enhance Ability. So I'm going to give him Cat's Grace, and uh, that target has advantage on Dexterity Checks. It also doesn't take damage from falling 20 feet or less if it isn't capacitated, and that's going to last for one hour. Croft is in mission mode. He's dead serious. He's looking up at the surface of the water above him, ready to go. All right. Anessin, anything you'd like to do? Uh, Yeah, Anessin's going to send his familiar, which is still the chromatic butterfly, Mm -hmm. um, to, to, like, scout out the... The ship. Okay, gotcha. And I will say with that, um, chromatic butterflies have the ability to change their color based on mood lighting. And so he is more of a neutral color. Gotcha. So you send your neutral colored butterfly out towards the boat and the goblins immediately recognize it because they have a hatred for butterfly. No, I'm kidding. (laughs) (laughs) They're superstitious fucks and butterflies are a sign of bad luck in goblin culture. So you send your butterfly towards the ship and it does notice that, like I said, there's eight rowers on each side. One single goblin on the entire ship stands out above the rest and you notice that it is more than likely the captain. The captain is adorned in near full gold-plated armor with dings and scratches all over it showing signs of battle. These scratches show the true material of its armor, and it is blended onyx gemstone. And if you'd like to give me a history check, I will tell you what blended onyx gemstone armor does. That's a 10. 10. Fortunately, you do not know. Your butterfly even knows that this goblin has a putrid stench that follows him wherever he goes that is near sickening. His verdant green skin seems to absorb the moonlight. His bright yellow eyes pierce the darkness and his orange hair seems to always be moving like it's underneath the water. He has various guards all about and around, and you can see outside of the eight or the 16 rowers, right? Because I said there was eight on each side. There is one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14, 15, 16, 17 other crewmates on the main deck. Outside of the rowers. Outside of the rowers, yes. Uh, are the rowers on the main deck? On the main deck as well, yes. Okay. So the rowers I will are lined on the sides of the main deck. There's little benches for each one of them, eight on each side as they are rowing from the main deck. Uh, the 17 other goblins are doing various tasks. Uh, the rowers – so the entire crew is goblin. The rowers do not look 
like they are combat entities. Like they don't, they don't have armor. They don't have weapons on them. They are strictly just rowers, but the 17 other goblins do have various armors. Majority of them, uh, you can, your butterfly sees they're split into basically two groups. There is what you call like shield men that are wielding pikes and shields with somewhat heavy armor. And then there are bowmen as well that are in lighter armor with bows. Okay. And uh, what does that look like as far as density on the ship? I mean, are they, they're 17, but they're well spread out or they're 17. I will put them on the map for you right now. All right. Oh, where is it? A single mast? It is a single mast ship. Yes. Like just in the center. Um, Okay. Oh yeah. There it is. There it is. You notice that on the upper deck, so of it, so you see the captain, which is going to be the one mini, the four that you see on each of the upper decks are uh, archers. And then the other ones that you see, the one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, the nine that you see on the main deck are all shieldmen. So shields with pikes. I guess why, why are you flipping me off, bound. Dean? What is what is shieldmen with pikes? It's almost like they're expecting an attack. <laughs> but no, but they're not just sitting there. I'm not saying like they're sitting there ready to go, but like they're like they're swabbing the deck, they're cleaning you. things, like you. they're they're doing stuff. But you see that they have you know weapons ready and to go. Yeah, uh, like on their sides. Round two. Anything else? Gentlemen, is there anything you guys are like? I'm just saying, like, I'll give yeah. you guys four options each, yeah. or now three options each before the ship gets to you. Uh, Nesson, do you have any way to disable the sails? It looks like they're the wind is in their favor this evening. Um, I how, mean, fire or how lightning, m- maybe naturally. How far away is the ship? It's three rounds away from you guys, so uh, 150 feet. We'll say it goes like 50 feet a, a turn. I don't know how much it really is, but well, are there any like, ropes? Oh, it goes 150 feet a turn. No, it goes 50, 50 feet a turn. No. It's three rounds away from you. So it's are there any feet. ropes that are like securing the sail? Yes. Oh shit. He about, he about to do it. I, ca- I cast control rope. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Did you guys not know that's a ranger spell? <laughs> that actually was a spell in 3.5. Really? Um, <laughs> yeah. I may. You know, we're, we're going to talk about it, but I may try to shoot some ropes. Cool. All right. That Next person. That's actually not bad. That could actually work really well. Perhaps one of you could get their attention on one side of the boat and I could crawl over onto the other side. Could I do a, now that the boat is in our view, mm-hmm. could I do a perception check to see, are there any ways for if we are attempting to board the boat? Are there any ropes, any nets down the side, any any ladders attached? So there are nets that are on both sides that can be used to climb onto the ship. Okay, good, because I rolled a 20 on the percentage. No, it was yeah. a 7. Yeah. Are there portholes okay, okay. below the main deck? There are not portholes below the main There's deck. There's no way to get downstairs mm-hmm. except for the top. So you do notice that there are catapults, but the t- there's four catapults in there on the upper deck of the main deck. If one of you could get them to look to the, s- the port side, I could get on to the starboard side. 
And for the v- listeners at home, port is left and starboard is right. There you go. Thank you, you could tell because Nerd. port and port and left have all, both have letters. four letters. I learned that from Star Trek. I learned that from Lethal Weapon Four. Oh. I just learned that today. I learned that while I was out. Um, I was today years old. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I learned that from. The all right. Uh, or or in or in Nessin. Do you guys have anything you want to do on this round, or do you want to sw- guys want to? Is there a way you could just get them to look to the port? Because then I could, like, even if it is struggling with a sail or something like that, if if it's just a split second of them glancing to the left, I can just roll over onto the right. <laughs> he does that, like, where he just lays flat on the ground and just like <laughs> he just rolls it's like real. Family guy rolls. Yeah. <laughs> I will say, my this- God, how is he so stealthful? <laughs> I will say this too. So I know that they're goblins, right? Yes. So I want to transform. You cannot. I can't do a goblin? Goblins are small sized. You cannot change your size as a changeling. They're yeah. all goblins, right? All of them are goblins. Even the captain. His name is. You cannot change your size. So you have to stay within a medium sized creature, and goblins are small. I. So. Oh, shit. I want to look. I just looked that up about 10 minutes ago because I had a feeling you're going to ask that. And I did not think about that when I was writing the session. Yeah. Um, ah, man, I, I don't know if it'll help at all, but I do want to just change my form to be a goblin looking guy and try to get as small as I can. So I know that I'll be taller than the rest. Anesson, anything you want to do? I want, I want the familiar to try to go below deck. Okay. Gotcha. All right. So, uh, roll me a stealth check for your familiar. Do, do I need its stats or my stats? Uh, 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 what, what did you roll? I rolled a 15. Plus, plus your dex. I mean, if it was my stealth. Yeah, what is your stealth? It would be an 18. 18. All right, that's... So, Hey, this butterfly's going below deck. The flying creature is going under. Come, come, my lady. You're my butterfly. Sugar, baby. <laughs> Get that butterfly. So you fly down uh, in with your butterfly into the main deck. So you notice that the main deck does have that grate in the middle that looks like there's like a, a winch that can like pull gear up. All right. Uh, you come down uh, into the second level of the ship and you notice. So you see in the second level in that like little blank area between those three stairs, yeah. there is a large size box that is about like seven feet by seven feet cube. So it's like seven feet, you know, yeah. so seven foot cube that like is there and it looks like that's what you're going to be looking for. It already has like a net underneath it. It has a rope attached to it. So all they need to do is like pull the grate back and like pull it up. So that's look. that's where it's looking like it's going to be. Do you want to keep going further down? That will be your next turn though. Uh, do I see any guards? No, it does not look like there's any guards down here. Yeah, I would, I would, yeah, next turn. All right. So next turn you go down even deeper and you notice that this is like the, dining area of the ship is the bottom of it so you see there's like this large table mm-hmm. and you look and you can see one goblin in that corner right room the door is open and it looks like it's another goblin that's a chef goblin and he's cooking up grub for the crew so this looks like the dining area the rest of the doors are closed butterflies can't open doors so 
Yeah. Okay. All right. Is that three of my four turns? That's three of your four, yes. Okay, good. Uh, Oren, Ignath, anything else you guys would like to do? I was going to try to try and hit a rope three times. I want to create. I, I want to use major image to create uh, like a river monster. Anesson is going to create an image of an abolith. Ooh, okay. Fuck. So aboliths are like a mix between a squid and a shark is the best way to put them. So they are long, gated bodies with multiple tentacles that follow uh, that flow through them, like four or five tentacles. And they have a giant mouth that opens up to it. So it kind of looks like I'm more, more, like a worm meets a squid, I guess, would be the best Can I best see a way. photo? Does somebody have a photo? Yeah, I have a photo right here. Oh, oh, we, cool. we got two MacBooks. Oh, yeah. that's the same one. Yeah, oh, shit. Yeah, these are high level. Cre- <laughs> these are high level creatures in the D and D world. I mean, it looks fucking yeah. messed up. Magical yeah. abilities, like psychic abilities, they they fuck shit up. Wow, uh, they're yeah creatures of rumor. So, <laughs> Anessin, you create a giant sized abelis. So once again, and I and I will say, I I, I want it to appear and just enough to get their attention. Like I don't want it to necessarily like come out of the water and like freak them. I wanted to like, you know, breach out of the water enough to where that like at least a couple of them would notice it and then make a big splash and then kind of, you know, make okay. them see it. I don't want it to come out like it's going to attack them. I, I just wanted to, to be a distraction. Love this. Uh, Anessin, I'm going to ask you to once again, as always, give me a performance check with intelligence, not charisma, and I will give you advantage on this check. Nice. 18. 18. Okay. 18. 18. All right. Sorry. I looked over at Orin to make sure he wasn't going to do flash. I, I know I do it every time. Pretty much. <laughs> Genius. I mean, 18 should do it, man. Hey, I'm, I'm holding on to that for in case someone says more like a 12. So, Anessin, you create this <laughs> shimmery, amazing image of this abolith as it breaches the water it's gray with a little green tint skin water glistening off it with the purple moonlight coming down reflects onto the ship and with an 18 you get the entire crew odd just odd i'd like just mouth agape staring at this beautiful but yet terrifying image of this abolith coming up majority of the goblins look at it almost as if it was like a whale because they're not sure what it is uh because like i said aboliths are creatures a little bit more of rumor not everybody knows about them the captain looks over and definitely recognizes the abolith and he starts to turn away from the abolith but everyone's face is turned face is turned towards port and it's to the left to the left and while they are mouth agape in awe distracted ignath lets off three shots from his arrow from his bow what are your three shots 24 hit not 20 okay is then a 30 okay and then 16 you had three Shots and there were four ropes that were attached to the sail. With the nat 20, 
you somehow, like the JFK bullet, bend the arrow <laughs> back it's into like the wanted, left. Dude. Yeah. Jolie, <laughs> to the left. It slings the bow <laughs> around and back it goes in a circle. To and the left. you're able to hit two of the ropes with one single arrow and your other two hit as well. Woo! And this sail now is uh, straight, just flapping in the wind, no longer helping them. And you can tell that now, like, like I said, I don't know how fast ships really go. But like that 50 feet that they were at is now stalled to about 10 feet because the rowers are having to push against the current even harder now. So the rowers are going to have to put more effort into it and can get speed back up. But as of right now, it's only going to be 10 feet until they can until they can do that. And you know those goblins got Dean Rain's arms. Yeah. So they're very, very <laughs> tiny. Not and impressive then, at all. Not big Mike arms? No. <laughs> Ignath, I'm going to ask you to give me a stealth check at advantage for those attacks. Your pass without a trace is nullified on these ones. So yeah. Advantage. You have advantage. At advantage. I know, I know, I know. I'm just so doing the math in my head. <laughs> Uh, 11. Shit. Flash of brilliance. <laughs> Real flash of genius? Yeah. Flash, just, flash. What is, it? is it flash of brilliance or flash it's of genius? genius. It's I, just, I just figured I arrows were silent, so I was hoping it was like, this would be sneaky. <laughs> it, it, it is. I figure I figured yeah. there's something. No, no, yeah. that was just my general so what, it, what it, so what does the real flash of genius do? How much, What's the bonus? So 11 to... Uh, I, I add five. Five, so, so to 16. 16. Okay, yeah, they so. don't... So you are able... It just looks like the sail, the ropes just randomly break rather than like they don't see arrows go fluttering by. Mm. Uh, so it is 10 o'clock. Are we good to keep going? Keep it going. I'm All good. Right. Cool. All right. All right. Big Mike said it. <laughs> hey, I, like I said, I try to be respectful of everybody's time. I appreciate it. So uh, I like to ask if you said no, that's okay. It'd be a good cliffhanger. It's like Croft, like, but hey, we can keep going. So here we go. Uh, the last turn comes, the ship slows down, and I was actually going to make everybody roll in order to be able to grab onto the ship. But because Ignath was able to cut the sail down, the ship is going slow enough now where everyone can just easily grab on to one of the nets that are on the side of the ship. So you guys don't need to roll for it anymore. I know Croft, you have your boots of spider climbing, so you didn't need to roll anyways, but it's for everybody else's sake. Croft. You are in a very tall goblin shape form. Croft, I was going to give you disadvantage, but because of the distraction, I'm going to give you advantage. But because I had disadvantage advantage, that means you just give me a stealth check normally. Oh, shit. Now he's going to roll like a fucking rolling pin. (laughs) (laughs) I am Morse Croft. Do not pay attention to me. He's the fucking guy from Galaxy Quest. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. I am a goblin like you are. <laughs> I am a tall goblin. Do you remember your tall goblin friend? I knew that voice sounded familiar to me. Oh, it just clicked. Oh, God. Uh, I would also like to use cutthroat if I can, what which is, is once per day I roll advantage on stealth. Oh, from your uh, astrological sign. Yes. yes. Awesome. That so, worked out. Damn. I, got, I got two dang old die right here, baby. Ooh, that's good, because I needed that. So that is a 20, a dirty 20. A dirty 20. Okay, with a dirty 20, even the rovers on that side are looking off to the left. So you have spider climb. So do you want to climb up right there, or do you want to climb up on some weird part of the boat? Uh, No, I'm going to go – I'm going to climb up right there 
on the side. Uh, um, can I go under these stairs? Is there is there like an under stair there? There is not an under stairs. No. So I want to go up just as close to the front as I can because I want to get to those stairs to below deck. So you have to – okay, so the stairs on – so if you look, you have to go around the stairs as a door. Yeah. And you have to go inside that door to get to the lower level, uh-huh. to the stairs to the lower level. Okay, so – I didn't know if you wanted me to roll stealth again, but I'm basically just going to get up on there and – You're a rogue. You can dash. So I'm going to say it took you 40 feet to, to – no, you have spider climbs. So – it took you 20 feet to get up the ship so you can dash. Mm-hmm. Uh, you get on the ship. I'm going to ask – yeah, I'm going to ask for another stealth check as you move through the ship. I realize I can't – Because I want to casually like, – The stealth check if, doesn't work because you're not obscured, but I'm, it's more to be quiet and unseen by everybody. Well, I'm trying to blend in as much as so – I'm kind of hunched over a little bit, and I'm just being casual because everyone's moving Brando, to the port okay. side of the boat. Have you so. added plus 10s to your stealth checks? This is not. This is not. Uh, the doesn't work for this one. We don't get past the trace on. It's it's for stealth checks because oh, we're because now about rules because now he is I up asking. there. Okay, I was just because asking. now that he's up there, it's no longer stealth checks. I'm going to actually ask for deception checks. Deception because okay. it, yeah, to or or performance. I'll let you choose which one. Um, I'm sh- sure as shit would rather do deception. Cool. That's give me sure. deception. Yeah. Okay. I'm just. I'm normal. I'm average. So I'm just deceiving everyone. That is an 18. Okay. So you are able to, without anybody noticing, and nothing seems out of the normal, you are able to then move up, and I will say your turn ends at the top of those stairs, though. All right. Cool. I am still just holding – well, at this point, now that the boat's slowed down and you said we're able to get to the side of it, mm-hmm. uh, I am just holding on to the net alongside of the boat. I'm, I'm riding along, waiting to hear, like, developments. Gotcha. Ignath. Waiting to hear if it pops off. Ignath. Um, is it – so this is how we get down to the bottom of the boat. Yes. Okay, so seeing Croft come up, I'm probably going to try to follow him. Okay, so I'm going to need an athletics check from you with advantage because you have the net. Okay, and that is a uh, 22. Cool. So it's going to take you 30 feet of movement, though, to get all the way up because you are you are climbing, whereas Croft has a boots of spider climbing. Mm-hmm. So go ahead and move your, your mini up. But remember, you're going to be coming right up to where the goblin rowers are. They're going to be looking to the left, so it's going to get a little weird oh, for you here. You, Ignath, you climb up, you breach the side of the ship, and as your eyes go right above the railing, you look, and there's a goblin, and it turns and looks right at you. You have Cat's Grace. So I'm not going to make you give a dexterity saving throw. I'm going to automatically give you success for the for this because you have Cat's Grace on you. Appreciate it. I will allow you to have a surprise round action right now. I'm so going to grab this guy. If, if the goblin sees me, I'm literally going to take it and just ch- like <laughs> like you guys played Assassin's Creed, right? It is going to be the grab and the throw over like immediately. Ignath, uh, give me a athletics check at advantage the goblin has athletics at disadvantage <laughs> you throw him overboard and then you sit down and take a spot nothing here <laughs> yeah just row just roll along with everybody keep, else keep rowing oh, oh what did you roll god i got a 19 okay Woo. 
I was like, I was oh. like, God damn it, man. He rolled a 16 and a 15 at, with athletics, and he only has plus two to athletics. So oh, he 17. God, plus three. <laughs> <laughs> I rolled a 16 and a 10. So you yank, grab, throw the goblin. Uh, it is not high enough, though, for the goblin to. No, you succeed. You know, you, you succeeded. I'll be nice. You succeeded. So the goblin, you grab, throw, and like as you grab, like with both hands, you pull one over his mouth, and you like spike him, like Super Smash Brothers, spike him straight down into the water. Uh, and with the abolith sounds that Anessin is making, it is enough to no one notices, wow. not even the two goblins next to him. Wow, nice. I'm impressed. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> The goblins this turn, uh, they're going to get a save. So what is your spell save, DC? Higher than when you can roll. (laughs) 16. Failed. So they uh, don't know it's fake, and they are still enamored with it. Uh, The captain, though, being a significant NPC, will get his own roll. Don't make that face at me. He rolled less, (laughs) so it's all fine. I want to make my way to the butterfly, which is, was it in the mid-level or the, no, it was in the lowest level. Which the lowest, yeah. Okay, so I want to go, I'm in the mid-level now, right? No, you're at the top of the stairs on the main deck, so All you right. need to make your way down if you want to. Yeah, I want to go on down. Okay, so move yourself to there. And I want to look around at any crate that I notice is like a special package, like any kind of you, you, you notice that because Anesson relayed the info. Yeah, yeah Anesson relayed the information to you guys. So you see that package right there, and you know that is the crate that is filled with slave collars. I want to go to the butterfly and say, uh, Anesson, uh, if we could get a hole in the ship or making this package small, uh, I don't think I'm going to be able to move this on my own. Or it appears uh, Croft has made it to the package. It is a seven-foot cube, uh, something he couldn't move on his own. So are you thinking of penetrating the ship, some way of getting the colors out that way? Maybe reducing their size? If we cut through the hull and push the box out... We don't need to reduce the size. We just have to cut a hole big enough for the box to go through. Oh, and I've got a question. I got an answer. Mechanics-wise. Yes. <laughs> you know, in this instance, mm-hmm. we're trying to potentially bur- or, you know, cut through a mm-hmm. wooden ship. Mm-hmm. I love having an artificer in the party. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I mean, I in the moment, I could potentially try and create something, use some tinker's tools, Maybe make a saw or something that would go through. But if I'm looking at trying to make this as silent as possible without drawing as much attention, if we're looking at like spells, so something like the cantrip acid splash. Yes. Acid eating through wood is very, that? very doable. But so for the sake of D&D to talk about size, I would need damage. So I would say if you're trying to create a seven foot tall or seven foot cube shape in the hull, uh-huh. I'd be like, hey, I need 50 points of damage <coughs> to the hull in order to create something like that. So that that's the thing is so instead of being like that. Okay. That's I'm, not saying so it's, it might- I'm not saying it's 50. I'm just giving you like a, hey, that's how we would work it. Nesson, can you help me burn through this? Could we combine? Or uh, something, you know, without fire, without thunder, as quiet as we could possibly be. Let them stay distracted with what the Abolith is showing. 
I definitely could help. I could help with your with acid. Yeah, Anessin, as long as you don't cast another concentration spell, you're fine. You can keep the Aboleth going. So if that's the case, I would like, Orin would like to cast Acid Splash. So I, I've, I want to think since then, you know, and I'll, I'll use whatever movement I need. Well, if I need, actually, no, I'm going to have to do something. So I'm on the other side of the ship. I was on the left side of the ship. If No, you're on starboard. You're on the right side. Yeah, we're all we're, on, we're So all I'm on, on the, the correct right side. side. Okay, yeah. I'm sorry. Yeah, I'm yeah. sorry. You're below me. All right, ignore all that then. So what really happened, what I really meant to say was, uh, I've climbed up the net a bit. You know, I'm, I'm to whatever level I need to be based on the information that's been relayed to me via Nesson and Croft. Uh, and I'm going to, you know, reach into my pouch, uh, pull out a little green, looks like uh, what, you know, in our world you would think is like a, like a water balloon. So you guys are going to see this little green bubble. It's like very fluidish. And I'm going to, Splash it alongside of the boat for 2d6 damage. For seven damage. Because it's not a creature that you're dealing damage to and it is acid and you're right up against it, I'm going to allow you to deal double damage. Croft, you look to your left because you're facing this way, so the starboard side of Mm -hmm. the ship, and you notice maybe about uh, like a dodgeball-sized hole uh, eat and corrode away as bubbles start pouring through it. And you, on the other side... So you, you see, like, this small hole open, and Orn's face pops up, and it just says, like, we are going to die, and I frown. <laughs> <laughs> Orin, stop clowning around. Shrink this thing so we can get it out of here. Yeah, I'm going to help. Gonna... All right, what do, you, what do you do? I also use Acid Splash. All right. 2d6 uh, and double the damage. Yeah, I'm just trying to check real quick. Oh, shit. Because I think my trips that is 18. 9. Plus, uh, it's 18. Yeah. 18 points of damage. All right. So that dodgeball hole about doubles inside. So you guys now have, I want to say, maybe like a foot and a half opening. So you guys still got a ways to go. Because remember, holes are thick, thick beams of wood. So you got about a foot and a half now, and this is a seven-foot cube. I am going to climb to, because I I don't know. I feel like I can see the ship, right? Yeah. Okay. You're basically (laughs) hugging it. So seeing the man in gleaming armor with long flowing hair, Mm -hmm. I want to see if I can climb to the back of the ship. So you can... To bring back up Metal Gear, you can kind of shimmy along the the side if you want, all the way up the top. Uh, so I'd like to drop a little bit because I don't because I'm like I just threw this goblin off. I know this is maybe not the best idea, so I want to like go down and go across the nets. I want to try and get to like the edge of the back of the ship, and I will use my orcish aggression to move sixty feet if I can. Okay. That and then I can bonus are, action you, give to me, use give some me, uh, Give things. me an athletics check. That is a uh, 16. 16. Okay. With your normal movement and Orcus aggression, I'm going to allow you to move 30 feet. Uh, 16? 17? What was it? 16? 16. 16. 35 feet. It's the goblin's turn. They're going to get a saving... 
What's your spell save DC in Essen? 16. The goblins lose interest in the Aboleth. As the captain yells, Get back to work. I don't know. Come on. Hey, hey, like, where's Aboleth? That's what I'm watching. You know, hey. And they listen to their captain and eventually turn and get back to work. As the goblins lose interest in the Aboleth, though, and they turn around, they do notice. They do notice that there is a goblin rower missing. Sounds like a lazy fucking worker, dude. (laughs) (laughs) Croft, to you. (coughs) Uh, So I'm seeing this happen from the grate that I'm kind of peeking peeking out of. And I hop back down um, over to the newly formed porthole. And I... Starboard hole. Starboard, yeah. Oh, <laughs> here we go. <laughs> Anyways. Um, it, it seems our distraction has ended now. They are going back to alert status. Perhaps we should shrink this package to get it out of here. I don't know how long it would take for us to continue with this hole. Well, Orn, it appears uh, the Abbott distraction is, is starting to fade. Maybe reducing the size of this. I can shrink it, but the hole's got to be bigger. Okay. All right, Anessa, your turn. Splash. All right. That's another 18. Another 18 points of damage. So we have 36 plus 20, 56. Okay, so the hole is, so it's like one and a half. It's just about two feet in, uh, like, two feet, like, cubic. Mm-hmm. Around so eighth of its size, right? You said two feet around, it's yeah, so it was one and a half to two. Yeah, <laughs> can you not shrink it, it that much? I mean, I can only go half, so oh. if it's seven, three and a half, three and a half is where he has to be. So, so we're, Croft, we're three and a half square. Ugh. Yeah, Croft, we're game? just not there yet. You hold out, hopefully, Iknath can distract a bit longer. Wink. Acid splash. I gr- I grab another water balloon and chuck it at the side of the boat. So yeah, that is going to be eleven times two, twenty-two. Twenty-two. Do we need a distraction, or are are we ready to go? It's it's definitely time for a distraction. Do I need to kill the man in the armor? Oh, that's not that's the not the distraction we, we need. Let me guess. What He's suggesting sucks. to kill the captain. Is isn't it? <laughs> He definitely suggested to kill the captain. Yeah. Sorry, by, by distraction, I don't know what you mean outside of killing someone. <laughs> loud noises. And yes, with that, the, the I, screaming of a dying man is a loud noise. Uh, <laughs> I, under, I understand. <laughs> man. Yeah, like, he gives his last breath and it's the most loudest noise I've ever heard in my life. the loudest thing he will ever say. Um, oh, man. I'm going to have to do the intermediate look to Ignath's spell sheet. Um, no, with that, Ignath is going to peer over the edge and... Oh, man. Are you he is, at now? He's he, like shimmied towards the like upper right deck 
of the main oh, deck. But where I can the see is. the main deck. The aft yes. starboard corner. Yes. <laughs> so I'm going to cast. Well, pass without pass a trace. Out of trace. <laughs> no, no. Pass without a trace that isn't shit for us. So apparently, like, it's not very useful on a ship. Um, I am going to cast. So I'll clock out that concentration. Okay. And I'll use another second level spell slot to cast Spike Growth. Spike Growth. <laughs> knew it. <laughs> Fucking knew it. Hey, that's as a ranger, man. There's not much I can do. Yeah, no, hey, it's all good. All right, so where are you spike growthing? In the center of this ship. All right, and where, what what is the range of spike growth? In a 20-foot radius, centered on a point. So the entire main deck. Yes. 20-foot radius becomes difficult terrain when a creature moves into or within the area. It takes 2d4 piercing damage for every 5 feet it travels. The transformation of the ground is camouflaged to look natural. Any creature that can see the can't see the area at the time of the spell is cast makes a wisdom. So all of them immediately recognize it as hazardous terrain because all of them can see the area yeah. when okay. it is cast. So everybody is that on the top deck as well? As well, yes. But, so they know that, but it is difficult terrain if I'm right it, to move So through. that means it, they move at half speed through it. Yeah. Roll me a straight d20, Ignath. Yeah, it's like, do they have to make a save on that? No. Okay. Six. Okay, so I was going to do like a death saving throw, 10 and above, 9 or below. So 9 or below is failure. Uh, I was going to say like they th- would think that's the Aboleth that was doing it was success, but because it is failure, they now know that something is up. They, people have they, – the gobl- a goblin rower is missing. There is now spike growth that has been casted. The goblins are now going to like <laughs> – Metal Gear Solid, like exclamation point above the head. They know something is going on. Sorry, guys. It's all good. But they'll be really slow to getting down to you. Adapt. (laughs) Overcome. Survive. The captain turns to the ship and just yells, Be on your guards. There's something going on on this ship. I think we might have intruders. No. 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 Definitely not. Don't listen to that dude. He's a fucking piece of shit. (laughs) (laughs) As the goblins, uh, all the goblins take a step and... Instantly Is that a 2d4 damage? (laughs) And they all take four points of damage and now they all like... As you hear, like all these goblins step and are in pain, uh, and after they take a five foot step, they stop moving, uh, and everyone is now is on high alert and is looking for whoever is causing this. Oh my dear God, Ignath, I am so sorry. The captain turns and immediately sees your fingers shimmying on the other side of the boat on the side edge of the boat as he rolled a nat 20 on his perception oh, check big fingers man i understand yeah. sausage hands <laughs> sausage fingers ignath has man hands <laughs> seinfeld anybody uh all right so as the goblin captain turns looks and sees your sausage fingers on the side of the ship uh he pulls out a war pike and he has a shield in each hand, and he tells his men, Two arms, 
and pulls out, like I said, and everyone, then you see the archers pull out their bows, the shieldmen pull out their regular pikes and shields. And then, like I said, the goblin captain has a war pike, which is basically like double the size of a normal pike and a shield in hand. Is everyone looking back at the captain and, and Ignath at the rear of the ship, at the aft of the ship? Yes. I want to go up to the stairs uh, that will take me up to the main deck of the ship. You do still have a pass without a trace if no, that he works doesn't. for you. No, okay, concentration, fine. you dropped it. Oh, no. Oh, that's right. I did drop it. You're right. Here's what I would like to do. Uh, I want From those stairs, like as I'm in kind of like the stairwell, mm-hmm. um, I'd like to roll stealth just to see if I, if I can go into a full sprint onto the deck. And I want to be light-footed about it, so I'm not immediately stomping and drawing attention to myself. So I know everyone's going to see me, but just give me like one second is what I'm hoping for. And I am going to drink the potion of jumping that I've had on me for like six months. <laughs> um, and I would like to go from that stairwell into a full sprint. So uh, that stairwell is inside. You have to remember, so you go up and you went inside – so you went inside a room and down the stairs. So you could go back up the stairs yeah. inside like a little storage room and then open the door. And full sprint as fast as I can and I want to go about a third to a halfway across the deck and I just want to jump right at the captain. couple things. You, you sprint up the door. You sprint up the stairs. You open the door. Give me a perception check. All right, that's uh, 24. You notice that the ground is covered in spiked growth. Is that going to hinder my running and jumping? It will be difficult terrain, and you will take damage for every five feet of movement you d- you, you do. Sorry, bro. <laughs> so I want to maximize my jump. Uh, so I want to I want to stay on the ground as little as possible, you know, because the jump is the main thing. Because I'm well, if I can make it through the air to him, that's what I'm going for. So I'll take the damage. You know, if I have to run five or ten feet. Okay. Doing like the long jump, like yeah. exaggerated, like. Steps. Yeah. This is straight Michael Jordan. You know what I mean? Like. Uh, famous Space long Jam. jumper, Michael Jordan. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Huge. Yeah. The, the most famous. First of all, he was famous for jumping long distances. <laughs> Did you guys see that law, that documentary about his long yeah, jumps? Space Jam? Yeah. Was, yeah. Uh, Space Jump. It was, it was like Space the last. Jump. The, the last dance. The last big jump. Didn't he win it, a gold medal in, in space jumping in the Olympics? Yeah, he did. Yeah. As you open the door, perception check and dash. Okay. So, 8-16-24. So, if you choose to jump from here, you've already moved the distance. You can. You can jump. I'll, I'll even it out to 25 feet for you. So, we're not working at uh, a one foot off from another square. <laughs> I'm just not <laughs> quite making so it. So, you can jump five squares. So, you take four points of damage as you, take, as you step into the spiked growth. Yeah. Yes. And then... So move you so move yourself five feet closer to the captain. What is it? Just once. One and then now jump. So now move in yourself. real life. Oh, he, oh, he's not doing well. And that's where you land. Oh, that's that's an ugly landing. Don't that, worry, life. don't worry, Brandon. That is an ugly landing. But that's where I land. And that's... you take another five points of damage from spiked growth. And welcome to the jump. <laughs> We're gonna okay. jump. Come on and welcome to the jump Wait. now. Welcome you know we're gonna jump. jump, gonna jump. So if you're listening to this in any other part, Space Jam your... 2 just came out. So that's about why. Space Jump. <laughs> <laughs> it's got to be the off-brand version of the song so it doesn't get dinged for copyright. Thank you. Now you get... <laughs> Where's your feet? Where's your feet? <laughs>
I want to jump from the main deck up to the uh, the uh, this where he's at the steering wheel. I'm guessing the captain's wheel. The captain's so wheel. and I j- and I if I land right beside him, I'm just right in his face. So you can jump another 25 feet. How long jump rules work is at. You you clear vertically half the distance that you jumped, so you can jump twelve. You get twelve and a half feet. The railing is uh, the deck is ten feet up, and there's a railing that is another couple Two feet. feet. So I will ask for an acrobatics check <laughs> from yeah. you to like parkour that hardcore parkour. That would be a twenty, a dirty twenty, dirty baby. twenty. Okay, so you. Easily jump up, kick over the railing, and land right next to the captain. Woo! So go ahead and move yourself to the captain. Doing the dangle acid splash. 3d6 damage. Uh, 22. Yeah. So is that is that 100? That's exactly 100? Yeah, 78. Yeah, 78, 22, exactly 100. Cool. So you open up a just under four feet cubic size hole in the side of the hull that you could push. If the cube, uh, the box was three and a half feet wide, you could could push it through that. (laughs) I climbed through the hole. I climbed through the hole. I noticed Croft is gone. Classic Croft. And I'm going to look at this crate, look back at the size of the hole. And I'm going to cast Reduce. So I am going to, with my uh, Hulk hand gauntlets that I've got on, I'm going to say, Anessin, check this shit out. <laughs> I'm going to grab the box. With my ordinary size hands. <laughs> I'm going to say, check this shit out. And I grab the box, and it's like I'm squishing it, but it's actually just you know, reducing the size of it by half. So now this seven-foot cubic-sized box is now three and a half feet, and I'm going to give a wink to Anessin. And I don't know if you'll let me in as a free action. I feel like this is probably a bit much. Could I give it a good give it a good pop to uh, try and send it right So outside? let's see. I'll say, what is it, five? Uh, I'll, I'll allow you to give, give me an athletics check, uh, and I'll allow you, depending on that athletics check, how much you can move it towards the hole in the hull of the ship. 16. Yeah, so uh, you actually push it right up to the hole, and it is teetering onto the side. So any other push after this, but you are out of actions for this turn to push it. You could push it into the water. I didn't cover my face before they came into this. Seeing Croft pop on the deck next to the captain i will laugh and say ha that's right and kind of like searingly looking at croft i'll say you're being raided by croft and the copper boys <laughs> i am editing that out that is not a thing <laughs> croft and the copper boys It'd That's be like, a joke that you guys are all calling yourselves. No, it's not what we're calling ourselves. Why do you keep fucking saying it, because Gary? Because Ichnath does, want, does not want to be known as we are like, this is Ichnath, this is Oren, you all know us, so we're not trying to be, it's like, so I'm creating a fake name. But, but with one of a very real, real name that is very tied to House Jane. Yeah, well, but I have a bandana fault. pulled up over my face. <laughs> it's so, the right? one that is most tied to House Jane. <laughs> so maybe I, so maybe Ichnath does say, he says, aha. Uh-huh. It's the Copper Boys raiding this ship. 
and um podcast is over guys yeah it's done we're, we're, I'm, 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 I'm over this <laughs> yeah the copper boys want all your money that's what it is we're here for gold and Iknath will move towards the captain and strike the captain that is a 28 to hit that's a hit as well this would be double handed versatile sorry yep didn't say before but that's how it would be 29 damage 29 damage okay as you hit your first attack against him that blended onyx gemstone armor hits you or you hit it he takes the full brunt of your damage but necrotic energy seeps into your sword down through it and into you and you're going to take half of the damage that you dealt to him from the first attack now do you want to continue with the second attack yeah (laughs) then once again the exact same thing happens you go down so you did 29 points of damage to him yeah you're going to take 14 points of damage yourself as a full 29 is dealt to him but 14 is dealt to you the captain turns to you ignath looks directly at you and let's see here reaches up puts his shield between you and him takes his pickaxe and reaches over and like extends his arm. And as he does this, it looks like the pickaxe isn't long enough to go past the shield. But as he like crescents it over, it elongates itself and hits you or attempts to hit you, I should say. So like it like reaches over the shield. So like the shaft of the pickaxe extends itself, kind of like Goku's um, staff mm-hmm. in, penis. in Dragon Ball. Yeah, or, or, or penis too, yeah. Well, that's sick. Uh, let's see here. 22 to hit you. Uh, yeah, that hits. Okay. <laughs> um, Not so Warren over here. So this, so this, as it comes up and around, he starts to swing it down, hooks one of your legs, yanks it, and you fall prone. No damage though. His second attack, now that you are prone, he has advantage on. Classic. 23 to hit. Yeah, that that after the twenty two hit, yeah, that does it. No, actually, this time I have uh, Orin's. Yeah, you know, fuck you. Orin's. Uh, I have on... successfully turtled into a ball. Yeah, and yeah. Part of... yeah. yeah. You will never yeah. penetrate my skin tanium so armor. He rolled into the fetal position. <laughs> he brings that pickaxe down, and it like penetrates you straight through you, and you take. Stop rolling. Jesus. 26 points of damage. Okay, fair enough. Fair enough. And then he goes for his third attack. What? 19. Oh, it hits. No, wait. 19. It hits. It hits. It hits. Yeah, I don't have an AC bonus. 22 points of damage from this attack as it literally is like piercing straight through your armor. And it's just, like I said, it's just going straight through you with such force. It is almost feeling like it's critting you, but it's not. Now it is the archers turn as, uh, now these two archers, um, 
Croft, can you, uh, can someone move those those two archers that are right next to you back a little bit further? Four archers in unison, like colonial times when like the front row would kneel down, the two in front kneel down to the two behind, and all four pull, draw their bows at the exact same time. Hey, Owen. Yeah. Sorry to interrupt here. Uh, I'm just very curious. So these goblins are how tall? Uh, about three to three and a half feet. So when the ones in the front kneel down, how tall are they? Because that sounds fucking adorable. <laughs> yeah. Uh, this is so and cute. And I look about, at them, I'm like, so cute. Two, about so two and a half feet it's tall. It's like a foot and a half tall. Oh, yeah. And it's like, oh my God, that's like a little mogwai from Gremlins shooting you the bow and arrow. <laughs> As like, they oh. uh, they pull their, sorry, short bows. I forgot. They don't can't oh. use long bows. Short bows. So I use my reaction well, to cast bullet time. Long is subjective. You know, what's long and to you? all four of them in unison fire and I at just, you. I dodge them all. Like what is Ma- your AC, like Croft? Neo and the Matrix. What is your AC, All Croft? of them fired at Croft? Uh-huh. Where is AC Be- Because as you're prone, prone gives the, them disadvantage to attacks oh, against yeah. you. Uh, 17. 17. It's- First attack. Hits. Ah! Second attack. Hits. Oh. Third attack. 17, you said? Yeah. Third attack misses. Woo! Fourth attack. Hits. Ah! Now, as a rogue, you are familiar that these arrows are puncturing you in places that deals a little bit of extra damage. What? So you got hit by three arrows as they sneak attack you. Actually, only two are going to be able to sneak attack because the third one's going to do something else. First attack, you take 7, 8, 9, 11, 14 points of damage. Okay, you guys fucked up. Oh, we're getting out of here, dude. <laughs> 14, 18 points of damage from the second attack. Yeah! The collar's was... getting out of here. Yeah. Y'all might not. And getting out of here. the third attack, he aims a little bit down towards your feet. Hits clips, your nuts. Clips your, uh, like, whatever, like, pants that you are wearing and is now pinned you, you so you cannot move to the, sh- uh, to the ship. Oh, shit. There's four more archers. Croft. Sorry, bud. They're going for there's, Croft? Yeah, there's four more archers. 17, one hits. 12, one misses. 26, one hits. Nat 20, so one is going to crit. You can see him texting Owen saying, please don't kill me. <laughs> <laughs> no, I think he's looking at his other characters. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> uh, 24. All right. So, uh, Croft, you got two hits and one crit. Pull so. up Hero Forge. <laughs> uh, so, Johnny Two Legs, huh? Yeah. <laughs> I'm ordering uh, my new mini right now. All right, oh, Croft, uh, roll me a d20 to choose your fate on the crit. This motherfucker just got filled full of arrows. 16. 16. Punctured. Roll damage twice and add them together, then roll on the minor injury chart. 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10. 13 points of damage from the first attack. 5, 7, 8, 9, 10. 12 points of damage from the second attack. And 21 points of damage from the crit. All right. I am down. And then minor injury. Roll me another D20, please. <laughs> I'm <laughs> down, Owen. <laughs> yeah. Leave him alone. Oh, man. Uh, 19. Throw in the damn towel. <laughs> 
Croft, as this barrage of arrows comes screaming towards you uh, and you fall unconscious, as you fall, your head hits the railing and as you are knocked unconscious... Million dollar baby. You are also... Uh, your head hits the railing and you are now going to be completely and utterly deafened as this concussion removes your hearing completely. Uh, Croft, it is your turn. Give me a uh, life saving throw, death saving throw. Okay, death saving throw. Yeah. Now, I've never done this before. So roll a d20. Straight d20. Straight d20. On a 10 or higher, you succeed. On a 9 or lower, you fail. All right. Well, it's just a nat one. I mean, thankfully. That's, oh, God, that's that not. That's two failures. That is two failures. Oh. Well, the shieldmen haven't gone yet. Uh, the shieldmen are too scared because of the spike growth to move. So they are taking defensive positions and not moving to not take damage. Anessa, your turn. I'm going to cast Conjure Minor Elemental. Oh, shit. Okay. okay. Read it off for us. I can summon... Elementals that are like, one elemental at challenge rating of two or lower, two at the challenge rating of one or lower, four at a half, eight at one quarter or lower. Okay. And I'm going to summon eight steam methods. Steam methods. All right. Eight of them? Mm-hmm. Wow. <laughs> it just so, seems like a lot. So methods are like little imps, right? So like little floaty, they kind of look like little floaty demons, super tiny sized. Okay. Like they're small size. They're about the size of a halfling with wings and they're steam. So they don't look really real. They're like, they just in like all this steam that like that incorporates and creates this monster. And Anessin summons eight of them. When a method dies, it explodes into a cloud of steam and deals 1d8 fire damage to everyone around it. It can innately cast blur once per day. It has claws and has a steam breath that's a 15-foot cone that deals 1d8 fire damage. I'm going to summon them on the deck. Okay. And are they just going to rain havoc on Mm -hmm. the... Okay. Uh, Because I have a feeling what you're going to have me do is make all eight methods on their turn do their steam breath. Oh, yeah. Okay. Wow. Uh, instead of rolling like 18 million times, I just gave the goblins, the shieldmen, one roll. And <laughs> oh, they technically have advantage because they have shield expert. Uh, what is your spell saving DC? 16. 16. I'm going to make your methods have that instead of their own. Uh, they failed. So you have eight methods and they're going to do 8d8 fire damage to these shield goblins. 35. 35 points of damage. So the methods all sum, like summon up and just eight little tiny swirls of steam you all see besides Croft because he's unconscious and deaf. <laughs> Summon all around them and they just like fly up and spin and twirl and shoot out hot steam from their mouths and encompass all the shieldmen and burn their flesh from their bones with hot steam. (laughs) 
as you kill all the shieldmen. What? Nice. What? Oh, the wizard of the party always. What? Killing whole groups of people in yeah. one move. Yeah, I guess I'll push the cube out. All right, that's pretty easy enough as it was teetering and uh, the three and a half foot cube. Can Corgi give me an athletics check or? Yep, he could do it. He's been waiting his whole life for this moment. I built him for this. Go, Corgi! (laughs) So that is a natural one. What? Hold on. Use some inspiration. No. Yo, I rolled a natural one. Let's go with it. It sucks. But uh, yeah, I rolled a natural one. So now Corgi's dead, too. So Corgi is... Corgi has no inspiration. This is a Corgi roll. He's deaf and he's dead and his ears fell off. All right, guys. So Corgi... uh, is too distracted that there is a fish nearby and Corgi is attempting to bite and catch the fish out of the water. <laughs> bark, 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 bark. And uh, isn't paying attention to the cube that is falling towards it. And as Nesson pushes it over, it hits Corgi, bounces off him, and sink starts to sink to the bottom of the river. Look, look, Dean, as fucked up as this heist has gotten, I believe Oren can fix it. <laughs> Don't give him points for that. Don't give him points for that. There's nothing. He's a no. conscious. Don't give him anything for that. <laughs> no, Croft hasn't know, gotten a ding for this. Did. Yeah. So or- Oren, Oren is going to stick to the mission at hand. He sees the box go over. He hears the splash and says, ah, that's not what I should have heard. And Oren is going to uh, run and dive out the side of the boat. So you turn, you look, and you see Corgi just bark, bark as he's trying and has no recollection of but, or any But did he get the fish, though? As he st- <laughs> Oh, he didn't get the fish. He did not. Oh, no, Corgi. Yo, Corgi's fucking up. <laughs> I, will, I can rebuild him. I can make him better. <laughs> You're about to. I can replace him with Dachshund. Or and you dive off the side into the water. Yeah. Okay. And we're just going to say you're effectively out for a bit as you're trying to swim after this box. Yeah. Do you need any kind of... No, you have water breathing, so you're fine. And you're in heavy armor, so you can just use the natural weight (laughs) of the armor to sink I hit the water and then I just pose as I sink (laughs) to the bottom. All right. Ignath, it is to you. Um... I'm going to stand up. Okay. And um, then, so, so, so I'll, I also like, as I like hit the ground and then was hit with another blade, I like looked at Croft and I feel like I just saw like seven arrows hit Croft. Like he was like this confident person I've seen in battle. He has his, his, both of his machetes of yarn tar as he stood before this person and just like an arrow hit him and another one. And it just like, didn't stop until all of a sudden he hit the ground. So I'm going to stand up and I'm going to grab Croft and I'm going to say. So you take a five foot step. I'll take a five foot step. Is that an attack of opportunity? No, five foot step is fine. Five foot step is fine. There you go. I'm going to grab Croft. Okay. And I'm going to say, well. It seems as if the copper boys have come and went, and I will grab Croft and I will start to run to the edge so of the Croft ship. Croft is pinned to the ship. I need I you to give to me away. a strength saving or strength or athletics. So strength saving throw or athletic saving or ex- athletics check. Come on, baby. A strength saving throw or, athlo- athletic or athletic check skill. Yeah, I'll do a strength saving throw. Is that the higher number? 
It is 18. 18. So you pull. I'm in Horak, the strength saving throw scout. <laughs> and uh, yank him free as the arrow uh, tears through his cloth pants and he is free. So you are able to pick him up and run. And I will use my um, bonus action as a key point for step of wind to get a double movement on that is that does that give you dodge as well or is it just movement oh. is it is it dash or dust dust ju, uh, dash or just dodge let me let me see it oh I, we got to look it up we don't use a lot of key points as a ranger um you can use the disengage or dash action so you actually don't need to dash right now because you have only taken a five foot step so you still have movement left over to get you over to the side of the ship so i'll do that okay so disengage, so that. he doesn't get so, and I will allow that disengage to also to Croft's lifeless corpse of a body that he has nearly. Well, I will say too, I imagine in the full amethyst moonlight on the back of this ship in the river with the hair blow, oh, the wind God. blowing in our hair, and me draped in Ignaz's arms like a damsel in distress. <laughs> That's the pickup. It's the classic. <laughs> That's the picture. The uh, two arms. Yeah. yeah. And I'm just like, I'm like arm like dangling and just my head on so your shoulder. You, okay, so As you, I say, this isn't the last if you heard of the Copper Boys. <laughs> I can like, be your hero, Maycroft. <laughs> I could take away the pain. It's the most romantic swashbuckling situation Croft has ever been in. So, Hey, what happens on the death of gold stays <laughs> on the death of gold. No, let's get the fuck <laughs> off the death of gold. All right, so Ignath, you run uh, towards the... Starboard side of the ship, I'm guessing you're going to jump off into the water. Yeah. You do have a standard action in all of this. Okay, then I'll just use one of my potions. So you said it's a healing, greater healing potion? Yeah. Croft, Ignath pours a potion down your throat. He yanks you free from that arrow that has pinned you to the deck of the Death of Gold. And he starts dragging you across. Your eyes open up. And as they open up, Ignath is carrying you in his arms and is jumping off the death of gold into the ocean to save you. You are deaf. Is there anything you'd like to say? So you've picked me up and like, and I've come and I come to you and my previous action was wanting to get off the boat anyway. And I see that we are diving off the boat together and in midair, like I look at you and I just give you like a big, like fist bump. Like it's just like in midair, like hell yeah. And then splash into the river. And then they kiss passionately. <laughs> yes. Thank you so much for listening to this week's episode of Hammered in Helios, a proud member of the Helios Network. Make sure to like, comment, and subscribe on all our social medias, which you can find us on Instagram and Reddit at Hammered in Helios. Or Patreon at patreon.com slash HIH podcast, where you're even on TikTok at Hammered in Helios, where I, your evil, cruel, malicious, but lovingly tender dungeon master, will be posting a lot about the world of Helios, be giving dungeon mastering tips, or letting you all peek behind the veil of me as a person, or just me goofing off and having fun on TikTok as always. As well, a special shout out to Marco Ajiro for absolute banger of a song called... Find him on Instagram at Marco Ajiro 
And of course, our next episode will be coming out on October 26th, and we are going to be doing a spooky, scary episode for that one, which I'm very much excited for. And we will be reviewing Papa's Pilar Sherry Cask Rum. Now, let's get hammered.